to Her Creative Hustle. On today's episode, we have a hustling woman who is a passionate artist and businesswoman with a working art career spanning over 15 years. Her uni studies are as eclectic as her childhood, which was filled with drawings of plants and bugs and, wait for it, Keanu Reeves. She has studied fine art, self-led positive parenting and emotional intelligence studies. Please don't analyze me during this podcast. (laughs) She's participated in life drawing classes as an artist and a life model. Oh my God. For over 12 years, she runs art classes for children with a focus on building self-worth, self-confidence and emotional intelligence. She's a mum. She's my newest friend I've made, literally just met her today. It's Bobby Napier. Hello. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Welcome to my home. We're podcasting from my house today. I like it. With no aircon on because it makes noise. So <laughs> we'll see how we go with this. But it's thank lovely. you for coming along today, Bobby. I wanted to chat to you, uh, obviously, about your creative life, which is very colourful mm-hmm. and comes from a place of compassion where you really want to assist people to thrive. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your childhood mm-hmm. growing up in Perth and where this creative spark sort of came from was there anybody in your family that might have yeah actually so dad um dad was a was an engineer and a very proper gentleman at that but um every now and then he would do these drawings and they were absolutely fantastic and so I I assume that I I got a bit of my creative talent from dad but it was something that I never knew about until I was about 12 um as I mentioned and I was going through a bit of a tough time at school in grade seven and heading into grade eight where I was being bullied quite bad and because I was in such a very small school there was only about 20 to 25 children per grade um you know when you when you're sort of being ostracized in in a group that small it's difficult to to sort of make new friends so I just did without friends for a while which was okay because I found that I nourished myself finding out that I could draw and it started with an obsession with Keanu Reeves. You found a friend (laughs) Kay Reeves. I did I did so um, I'm talking point break days you know that that look and also Bill and Ted's Uh, even that dumb look that he did I was like oh my god (laughs) and I just I literally sat down one day and drew that photo of him, you know, the picture on Point Break where he's turning back and looking, and I drew it and I was like, damn, I can actually draw. You know, I found that I loved it. It was so, you know, I got out of my head whilst doing it, and then I was like, there's actually perhaps a little bit of talent here. So then I was off and I was just drawing all the time. So my lunch break was literally I'd pack myself a little tub of strawberries and make my own lunch and whatnot for each day and take my drawing materials with me. And it didn't matter that I didn't have friends because drawing became my buddy and I was just I would just draw and eat my delicious food and sit on my own. And I remember, you know, the bullies walking past and saying things to me at times and I actually didn't care because I kind of found something that I almost found a friend in myself or in the drawing or something you do it for your own benefit and it's always there for you no matter what that's it for you fight using creativity as a sense of peace and calm which has helped you through the tough times of school um and you know has been there for you in in any time like that i'm sure a lot of people can relate to that we've all been bullied yeah we've all handled it in different ways i'm yet to find a bully like where are the bullies we're all the ones that have been bullied (laughs) yeah where are all the bullies at yeah yeah. (laughs) 
So you went on then in high school, you studied art in year 11 and 12 at high school. Yeah, art in high school was amazing. It was so much fun. Lunch breaks, again, I was still a little bit dorky and didn't have a huge amount of friends, but that was totally fine. Lunch breaks was in the art room. We would order, there was maybe three to five art dorks. (laughs) (laughs) We would like be working on whatever assignments during, during lunch break. We were allowed to order pizza. We'd have the radio playing with like Metallica, shoes off, and we'd be just doing our art. It was so great I remember so that. nourishing same in high school yeah as art, but we were similar with with music couldn't yeah. order pizza but you kind of had free reign of whatever but I remember so the art good. kids like up in the room and you yeah. just and really lovely that the school would give you that autonomy as well you know like I got passes out of English class maths class and whatnot because they knew that I was an artist and I had to finish this big piece or whatever working towards my portfolio to get into university and stuff like that so so you went really to good. uni I how did, long were I you did. at uni for studying so fine art? I was only there for the year what happened? <laughs> Keanu Reeves came? Yeah. Actually, to be honest, yes. My first boyfriend looked like Keanu Reeves. He was you gorgeous. manifested him I totally since you were 12. Did. I totally did. I've manifested him multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, so I moved to Brisbane and, um, and, and met a boy and unfortunately gave up my studies for the, for the boy and then fell pregnant not long after that. Okay. Yeah, I was a, a pretty young mum. That kind of put a halt to your it career did. of being an artist or yeah. what you thought you might do with art exactly. as a career? Exactly. So even though I didn't have a huge amount of direction when I went into uni, I just knew that I loved to create and that I was going to do something with this. Um, when I fell pregnant and had my son, so I was 21 when I fell pregnant, he then, my son became my muse, so I just drew pictures of him all the time. And then it just sort of really, really lessened. And then it wasn't until he was about four and I started working in libraries on the Gold Coast and doing the story time sessions. And doing story time sessions with kids, it wasn't required of the role, but I would make a little creative, a little craft activity that tied in with the books for the kids. So good. I've been to many a story time session how gold coast libraries how good are they and it's it's so so good yeah it's it's so so good good. let's just props to libraries totally guys rock they really really do yeah (laughs) but that's awesome yeah and so through that um doing creative arts with kids and also doing it at home a lot with my own son I actually found that I got a lot of pleasure facilitating arts art, art workshops with children and then I was kind of like, okay, this is, this is something a bit special. So then when I moved to Melbourne, sort of not long after that, I think my son was a seven when I moved to Melbourne, I got straight into the arts down there and started working at Art Play, which is that little art centre for children zero to 12. So artists would come in, emerging and professional artists from all around Australia and around the world would come in and share their practice with kids. So I worked there as one of the core staff team, but I was also able to um, create and produce my own workshops, engaging children in the arts, which was awesome. And Tell us about that a bit more, what you did with that. You've got some bloggers in. So great. Yeah. So, yeah. So working with a beautiful um, performance artist called Alex Desabrock, who's now in Perth, she and I developed um, a young bloggers program. And the idea was that women's uh, children's voices weren't being heard in the arts. So all of these amazing performances were being created for kids, but then they were being reviewed by adults. So we kind of had this concept of, well, where are the children's voices in all this? So the idea was that we would get tickets to whatever the performance was that were aimed for children, our bloggers would go there and then write the reviews. So it was children reviewing children's work. Oh, wow. Yeah, rather than adults reviewing children's work. Yeah. So that was how it started. And so we would meet once a month 
And I've reached out to all of the different, there's so many amazing arts, as you probably know, in Melbourne. So many beautiful different opportunities, whether it's, you know, performances, sort of spoken word, you know, drawing, painting, sculpture, exhibitions, the whole kit and caboodle. So I would reach out to these organisations, tell them about what we did, and we'd get free tickets and two or all of us would go along. And then the girls, and then we would come back. I say girls because boys were invited. We did have one little boy for a while there, Archie, but unfortunately he dropped out and ended up being me and 10 girls between the ages of 9 and 13 for about three years. Amazing. We ran it, I ran it once a month for three years on zero budget. It was so good because I was able to get to know the kids and what they wanted to do with their lives in the future. And then I would reach out to different artists and people that were doing that work already and they would come in and share about how they got involved and, you know, hints and tips and whatnot and they would all do it for free, which was so great. That's just, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then you found through doing that, other little conversations started to develop yeah. and it became less about careers and this is what I want to do. Exactly. It almost leave? became a bit of a mentorship thing. So what I found was while we were distracted with these amazing art activities, if I was unable to get a free ticket to an event, we'd just still meet once a month to keep that regular, you know, get get together and I would create a workshop that we would do. And what I started what I sort of noticed was that while we were engaged in the arts, conversations would gently arise. Um, you know, things happening at, happening at home, my parents, my siblings, my friends, pop culture. Um, there was that terrible song, Blurred Lines, at the time. And I remember the girls saying, I can't believe that there's a song that has these lyrics. And, you know, and we were actually able to talk through some of the issues that they were going through in their lives. And it was kind of like the filter was gently removed because they were concentrating so much on the art. Mm. And that was something for me that was like, okay, this is gold. You know, so there are two things that I'm really, that I've really sort of noticed working with children in the arts is one is you expose children to a huge variety of different creative arts. And one of those things they're going to be amazing at. And doing that, they're going to get that little dopamine reward hit. They're going to be like, oh my God, I can do this. I'm actually, you know, when they get the kudos from their parents, the artists, their family, their friends and whatnot. And that sort of helps to build a little bit of self-worth, self-confidence. And then there's also that amazing distraction that being creative can do. Um, For my own sort of mental health, uh, we sort of mentioned earlier, I tend to ruminate a lot. And for me, creativity breaks that rumination. So if I find that I'm going through something in in life, there's an issue or whatever that I'm ruminating about, I'm like, okay, right, I need to create. And whether I do a painting, a drawing, or make some weird double-jointed octopus like I made the other day, (laughs) (laughs) it's just, um, you know, something to get sort of out of my head. And I found that creativity, no matter what it is for me, has just been... That's been the answer. And so they're the two sort of aspects that I really want to share with children um, and vulnerable people. I also work with vulnerable women and um, people that have sort of lost their power. That's amazing. I think that's why a lot of people create and and do something that is creative, whether it be a hobby or whether it be as a profession, because it's that escapism that you have. Definitely. Whether it takes you to, whether you're writing something and you're going off to some other world or Mm -hmm. pretending to be some other character or person or whatever it might be, that's what we, we escape from reality for a moment and then it actually helps you to maybe be a bit more clarity about reality. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you became a mum at a young age, right when you might think that your creative life is about to bloom into this career. Mm -hmm. Did that 
time that you would have spent creating, mm-hmm. did that get reinvested or morphed into some other area that you then yeah that then took off? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, because of my own uh, tumultuous childhood, I knew that when I fell pregnant, I had to reprogram um, my brain to be a decent parent. So I started reading. As soon as I fell pregnant, I started reading parenting books. Um, and one thing I came across pretty quickly was emotional intelligence. And that wasn't something that I'd really heard about before or read about or whatnot. But being a human being and having emotions, <laughs> it's obviously something that really interested me. Mm. So um, every kind of spare minute, you know, at night, once the little man was in bed, instead of going and having a cup of tea or a drink or whatever, and maybe painting or something, it then became more about, okay, sitting down and reading and, and understanding what it meant to be a decent parent, a conscious parent, um, understanding emotional intelligence. And then from there, I mean, I swear I've read about 50 to 60 books on parenting. I'm absolutely a huge fan of um, positive, the whole positive parenting movement and emotional intelligence, emotion coaching. I've run parenting, positive parenting programs. So I've trained in it, but I've also run it. It gave me the introduction to emotional intelligence. And then I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I can understand my emotions and what it means to be a human. And then that's where I've sort of met the two, um, you know, and then working working with children in the arts and realising how important emotional intelligence is. So a lot of the programs that I've created now for children have a basis in emotional intelligence. With when While I'm doing workshops with kids, I'll talk about the brain. We go through the systems of the brain. We talk about the dopamine reward system and being aware of... You know, you're playing a computer game and you go up a level and you get a little dopamine reward hit. Awesome. Like, that's great. But being aware that you get those dopamine reward hits, um, work putting it in something else, perhaps a little bit more positive or whatnot. Um, but also just understanding emotions, letting children know that anger is okay, that jealousy is okay, that we all have these emotions. It's okay. Acknowledge it. Let's move through it gently. You know, that whole sort of denial of emotions. And, oh, come on, it's not that bad. That You hear so many parents say when their kids are like, Mommy, I'm scared. Oh, don't be silly it's not scary you know rather than going are you darling let's talk about that or whatever you know that was like a radical change for me and that's something that I'm so passionate about and I've managed to infuse that into my art workshops you need to be like super bobby nanny and come and live here (laughs) for a week and tell me how to that's great. Fix issues with my yeah. six-year-old son. Sometimes I'm so lost. Right. I feel like yep. so. This is like not about creativity now, but just no, no, powerless. And I just yeah. think like I don't actually know what to do now. Yeah. Like, you won't listen to me. Are well, you it like, can do that? it can like, be like that. What's going hey. on? <laughs> it's so interesting though. So many of the experts say when you get to those points go and make a cup of tea yeah it's so great yeah, it's like rather than yeah excellent i'll pick your battles not that there should be battles or anything like that but still, no like, that's right yeah i do yeah. i know myself that yeah. sometimes i might get a little too emotional about something like too quickly or about or something that's really nothing that's, that's it we issue. need to be aware of our own triggers just, as well yeah. this is what so many of us forget we're, we're all humans are flawed mm. and we forget about our own triggers when children behave in a certain way you know we're triggered by a certain behavior which makes us then use perhaps a controlling behavior because we don't want that scenario to happen again mm. because it triggers us you know, it's really interesting. Ah, you need to write a book now. <laughs> you know, Dan Siegel says, um, connect to redirect, which is about connecting with the part of the brain where the behavior is coming from so that you can then change the behavior. 
It's so cool. Sounds intriguing. <laughs> anyway, oh, we're off. We're off yes, creativity. That's okay. But it does it's all sort of tie together. It ties in with what you've it does, what you've exactly um, yeah. what you've led to, uh, yeah. which has been life drawing. Yeah. Uh, as an artist and yeah. also a model, a yes. life model, which yeah. friend of mine doesn't know. That's like getting naked in getting front of a naked. bunch of people. Yeah, totally. Oh my god, I would never do that. <laughs> Yeah. Let's just talk getting nude and like drawing nude people. It's ridiculously empowering. It really, really is. I think something, so I'm a little bit of an achiever. I'm a little bit of a go-getter. I have to be doing something. For me to be able to sleep at night, I need to have ticked a few boxes during the day. So I feel like I've had a productive day. Mm -hmm. So for me, life life modeling is I'm achieving by sitting still. So I sit there naked, I'm creating art or I'm contributing to the creation mm-hmm. of art. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. It's so many amazing things about life modelling. You connect with your body in a way you wouldn't imagine. Like you start to thank it. You're sitting in these awkward poses and it's like, oh my God, this is really uncomfortable. You can feel a backache or a wrist hurt or whatnot. And you start to sort of say, hey, I, f- I feel your wrist, you know, I'll, I'll give you a massage later, <laughs> whatever. And you start to create this really healthy relationship with your body and you start to appreciate it and thank it for l- allowing you to be part of this art, you know. Um, there's also the mindfulness sort of meditative state that you get into when you're posing because you can pose, the longest industry standard is 25 minutes. And sitting still in a pose for 25 minutes, you can imagine... I get a week's work done in my head. Mm. (laughs) You know, it's great. You have a moment to really sort of check in. You do, you always do a little body scan. When you first move into a pose as a life model, you do a little body scan and you know how important body scan meditation is. You know, a lot of us actually struggle to meditate, meditate, but there's more, there's other forms, you know, like active meditation Mm -hmm. and whatnot. So you do a little body scan that sort of helps you nestle in. You become more mindful. You create this really lovely relationship with your body you start to do more self-massage and stretch and stuff because you can feel the different parts of your body that are aching throughout so as you move from one pose to the next you sort of give yourself a little rub and it's like oh that was amazing thank you and whatnot and of course when you achieve the pose because you're setting a goal you're holding that still for 10 minutes at the end of it you get that little dopamine hit so it's like whoa yeah you actually feel really good if I go to a life modeling gig and I've had a really hard day and I'm like, oh, I really don't have much to give tonight. By the end of a two hour session, I'm like, well, I'm on fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. Like, honestly, the, the neurochemicals that you get that happen, there's oxytocin from that exchange of the artists in the room, you know, that trust. There's um, mm. the dopamine reward hit. There's serotonin because you feel pretty magical up there. You're being drawn and whatnot. But then when you get down and you get to walk around the room with your robe on, of course, and you see all these amazing artworks inspired by you, it's, it's a whole other mm. sort of gift, you know. So there's, it's multi-layered life drawing. It's, that's why, sorry, life modeling. That's why I want to use it for women that are perhaps feeling a little bit disempowered or a little bit vulnerable or whatnot. It's a really empowering thing to do, like to be completely naked vulnerable and in the artist's studio the artist's gaze is so respectful it's so respectful and admiring and for those of us that haven't perhaps felt the male gaze in that sort of respectful way when you go into a room and there's a group of male and female artists and they're all drawing you honestly the the room falls the minute you take your robe off the room goes silent and you look around the room and there's these people diligently trying to capture every curve and line of that 
of your beautiful body that looks after you and holds you and keeps you in this world every day. It's just so gorgeous. It's really, really <sighs> lovely. <laughs> it feels good just talking about it. How has that been then for you being an artist and then being a life model in terms of it benefiting the poses that you yeah. create, the artworks yeah. that you create, because you understand what's being what it's like to be on the other side of the page yep. with the pen or yep. pen or pencil in your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a bonus? Definitely, for you? yeah, definitely. It absolutely helps. Also, having a little bit of an understanding of some of the masters, some of the greats. It's really cool every now and then to to recreate one of the famous poses. Like I really love um, the grasshopper. This pose, um, I can't think of the artist. He's French, but it's in the NGV down in Melbourne. And you know, like recreating some of the poses that artists may know, and then they draw these pictures of them and whatnot. It definitely helps. Um, you think about the angles and whatnot a lot more. And I'm also really confident to get feedback from the artists in the room because because I am passionate about creating art as well I really want them to have a good outcome from the night yeah so I'm I'm very much how how is this one guys how are we looking over there is this angle okay with you and yeah, yeah so there's a lot of sort of feedback as well um, but also with the life drawing classes that that I have run in the past and that I will be running again I'm really big on um, the community on the Gold Coast, which I, I absolutely love and adore. But I also like the idea of having different ideas. Like when you go to a life drawing class, you know, you've got all the different, you've got the model there and that's fantastic. And they do the different pose setups and whatnot. But to have something else a little bit different, um, to have a model maybe do a triptych pose, to maybe have a model do a very slow dance for two minutes, um, to have a variety of models, maybe two or three diverse sizes, diverse ages, um, you know, multicultural women and men. And so, yeah, I have all these ideas to have not just a life drawing class, but something a little bit different to bring a few more people in, you know, to try to interest a few more people, but also really, really tap into that beautiful community that there is on the Gold Coast, which exists in Melbourne as well, but so much closer on the coast. I adore it. You consider yourself to be a bit of a non-traditional artist. (laughs) What do you mean by that? I do, I do. I guess I, I consider myself more of an arts facilitator than an artist because the art that I do for myself is really just for myself. Like it's not, I don't, I don't sell my works, although I have in the past, but it's not something that I, that I do. You won't see my works in a gallery or I don't have a website with, with pieces for sale. Art and creativity is an, a hugely important part of my life, um, but not to create, to sell. It's not a monetary thing for me. It's more of a, it, it just helps me keep, it, it keeps me balanced, it keeps me calm. As we sort of mentioned in the beginning, it keeps me sane, it helps me through whatever trickiness I might be going through, or it's just a fun, beautiful Sunday afternoon, I'll just do a painting. But where I say I consider myself a bit more of an arts facilitator is because art has been so extremely beneficial to my own mental health, self-development, self-confidence, self-worth. I've realised that it has the ability to help others in that way. So I'm more about, okay, this this thing exists, it's helped me, it's amazing. So I'm more about an arts facilitator sharing that with children, vulnerable women and whatnot. So 
I've created a lot of workshops um, that I do myself with children. Either I've got a schools program that I go into schools, um, active and healthy on the Gold Coast. Um, I also have, I work down at Artless Studios at Corumban, which is an amazing little studio for children. Um, and then there's Flourish Education at Tugan, and they do creative workshops and whatnot with kids. And same thing, the people that run those are big on building self-confidence and emotional intelligence in children through the arts. So I've... Um, I've managed to sort of find some like-minded peeps in that way, which is amazing. So I'm sharing, I'm sharing that sort of focus on building self-confidence and healthy mental health um, with children and disempowered women using art as the, yeah, as the as the key, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so where would where where are we heading to this year in 2019? Oh with goodness, your, what you're going to be up to? So much, so much. Okay, so um, so definitely starting up the life drawing sessions again because I'm really passionate about that community on the Gold Coast. There's a really lovely burgeoning is that the right word? Burgeoning yes. <laughs> creative community on the coast, and it's just gorgeous. When I went to high school here back in the day, I don't feel that it had it quite as strongly. Mm, I mean, we've now sure. got hit the walls contemporary art space at yeah. Miami. We've got so many great venues opening up. I'm um, 19 Karen, all these mm-hmm. other great spaces. It's really sort of starting to grow. Dust Temple, obviously, everyone yeah. sort of knows. I've got some great ideas about moving into um, sort of engaging in the creative community on the coast a lot more. But I'm also returning to study. Um, so I'm going back to study art psychotherapy oh at my university gosh, that's this a year. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Isn't that fantastic? It is. And, and so that will deepen my practice too. Too. So still aiming to work with children and families and whatnot, but uh, sort of in my studies, the emotional intelligence and all that self-development parenting stuff has been self-led. It's not been at a university level. So I have no real therapist sort of qualifications mm-hmm. behind me, although I'm finding in a way sometimes my work is described as therapy, So, but without having a therapy degree. That's sure. not something I can actually say. Of so. Course. So moving into um, studying art psychotherapy is going to be fantastic because that will deepen my practice and I'll also be able to, you know, practice as an arts therapist and really start to work on a deeper level with children and families and whatnot that actually need a little bit more assistance, a bit more therapy. And I'll also bring that into, it'll it'll help my work where I work with, you know, disempowered or vulnerable women um, through the arts, training them to be life models and letting them have that moment of power. Um, and using my life drawing sessions as a platform to feel that. Bobby Napier, it has been incredible talking to you this morning. But before we finish, Mm -hmm. we have a big question at the end. It's kind of art related. Mm -hmm. Here it is. Too selfie or not too selfie? Yes or no? (laughs) Fantastic question. 100% to selfie. You do you, girlfriend. You do you. Yep, all for the selfie. You're listening to Her Creative Hustle with Bobby Napier and Elska, and that's the end of our podcast. Bye.